Well, hi, and welcome to the Living with Power Hope podcast. My name is Lena Abjamra, and I'm your host. It is good to be with you. We are having fun here talking about faith, culture, and everything in between. And this is a podcast of the Ministry of Living with Power, where we bring biblical truth for everyday life. And man, we are living in crazy days. Uh, we are post-Christian, post-truth. And so to anchor our thoughts and our ideas on the Word of God is essential for those of us who call ourselves Christians and followers of Jesus Christ. So thanks for tuning in. If you're subscribed already, thank you. If you haven't, then you can subscribe to this podcast and be reminded every Thursday when we drop a new episode. Hey, we are doing a great series right now called Soul Sisters. The series is amazing because it's with my own sister, who is my soul sister, S-O-L-E, but also my soul sister, S-O-U-L. And I trust that you who are listening uh, feel this kinship and uh, sense of uh, closeness with us because we feel it with you. So thank you for being here. Diana, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. Hi, everybody. Good to be here again. So excited about our talk today. Yeah, we're going to we're gonna address a great talk. Uh, before we do, let me remind you that you can find out more about our ministry at livingwithpower.org. Uh, there are, is all kinds of resources for you there. You can listen to past episodes. This is our third episode in this, year, this season. We're doing eight episodes in the Soul Sisters season. And so uh, we've talked about some good stuff. We told the story of Living With Power. We've talked about practical parenting. And today I've titled this uh, conversation, Rage Age. Rage age. What, what is, what's the first thing that comes to your mind, Diana, when you hear that? Uh, road rage. <laughs> it's true. That's the first thing that comes to my mind. But many others, to be honest, uh, rage messages on the internet. Oh, uh, yeah. But road rage comes to my mind. People and, are uh, angrier than before, don't oh, you think? Oh, no question. I mean, even I have to look at myself and be honest. And this has probably been an area where I've had to do a lot of work in the last uh, six months just to really... Uh, be countercultural, and that's what we're going to talk about today. Wait, well, look, I mean, I think the truth is everyone feels a little bit angry and, and on edge. I mean, I don't think it's in my imagination. Well, angry on on edge and having the right to rage. Yeah, that's why I do think you think so that is? What are some of the factors that may have contributed towards that? I think because we have misinterpreted freedom of speech and freedom of expression. It's our right to be able mm. to express ourselves. This is kind of the post-truth, uh, post-modern culture we're in, where I have the right to my opinion, not only to my opinion, but to express it. And yeah. so it's part of our freedoms. And it's a misinterpretation, obviously, of what freedom of speech is and biblical truth. Well, you asked me a question once before. We were talking about that. This is, I think this is an important topic because we all sense it. We sense this anger that is around us. You're right, on the internet, in our inter customer service restaurants. I had a friend go to a restaurant recently, oh, an old man. He's an 84. He goes to the restaurant. They're told they're going to wait an hour or more. And then, I mean, he goes up after like an hour because they're hungry, they're tired, and he complains to the, to the lady who's at the desk, you know, and... Uh, and she's yelling at him. Like, it's like everything is upside down. And he's like baffled. He's a guy from, you know, he's a, what are they, boomers in that age. And, and, and I think there's just been a change. And I think, I think this is important for a Christian because the truth is that it rubs off on us, this anger. We're no better. Christians are not supposed to be mad, but we're no better than our neighbors. And, and I find that same, what do you call it? This like boiling, like something happens, someone pushes Volcano. you. Like a volcano. Yes, and you asked me a question recently, and you said, "Can when we were talking about dear Lena questions, and you said, Lena, uh, ask this question, dear Lena, what was the question? You said, can you be... Can you be maturing in your faith and a growing believer and still be quick to anger and rage, basically? Not rage, but 
quick-tempered? Yeah, well, and, and the answer is complicated. Well, the answer is no. Right. <laughs> but it's not the that easy. It, it's complicated. Yes. Right, right. Yes. I mean, the truth is we all know. Like, so, so most Christians who are hearing might say, but, but, but wait, Jesus got angry. Well, definitely. And Jesus's anger was righteous anger. And I think the point to distinguish here is not getting angry, but what do you do with that anger? So what is right anger? So certainly being angry about some of the things that the world wants to say are right, but they're counter-biblical, is something to be angry about. We cannot like watch... What? Let's, let's think about examples. Well, I mean, let's think about sexuality right. and all those issues that are clearly not aligned with God's word. And so we as believers watching our culture... Uh, become so accepting, even Christian culture, that can make us angry. But but also like even okay, that might be controversial. But okay, rape, um, yeah, sex trafficking. Right. You know, there's rightfully of, some issues that are so war. I mean, we I just got back from Lebanon, and I, I how do you watch these refugees? We ran clinics from refugee tents, and how do you not get angry at this Ukraine? What's happening there? I mean, it's so it, this, this is rightful anger. What, what right. drives that? Why do you think we have that in us? This well, I think when things around us are unjust and not aligned with, you know, what we believe God would want, you know, yeah, like everybody should have, have housing and a safe life. Yeah. You know, and, and that's not the case. Not everyone does. So those things can move us to anger. I think um, that is good kind of anger. Now, of course, you don't walk into a refugee tent and start damaging it because you are angry yeah. that they live in a refugee tent. That's obvious, but um, there's a lot of the anger things we're talking about. Is but, but I think that anger is rooted in, I think you're right. I mean, it, it is related to the sense of justice, but I think that aspect of anger, and you think about Jesus being angry, is really a reminder to us that we are indeed made in the image of God. Yeah, and that's in, a really good point. And I think our emotions, and we're doing right now on Thursday nights the series, the Negative Emotion series. And so, by the way, if you're listening and you haven't tuned into Thursday night Facebook Live Bible study, we're going through some, and, and anger is one of the emotions that we're going to discuss. But, but, and I think, Diana, you're trying to say that too. Like you can have a, it's not so much, the emotion itself may not be the problem. Mm-hmm. So that verse that we grew up, like our mom loved to quote for us. Be angry. And do not sin. Right? So, so that's what the Bible says. So it's, 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 the Bible's saying, like, you can be angry. Like, there's some things you need to be angry about, but don't sin. And so the question is, what do you do with that anger? So you're created in the image of God. Jesus was angry. You know that there's injustice that should make you angry. If you don't get angry at somebody who's hurting a little kid, there's something wrong with you. Like, there is a rightful anger there. But what do we do with it is the problem. Well, absolutely. And I think the relevance of rage uh rage age uh talk today is not so much the righteous anger but the anger that comes on us when the customer service rep well and some of that can be righteous like sometimes you're talking to the customer service rep and they're genuinely wrong and so there is a sense this is what happens to me i mean i'm being completely truthful like the point that i'm making is the right point and 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 so you're you're trying to get them to see your point and i think there is a sense of righteousness maybe too much right, maybe pride, because Correct. you think you're right. But it moves into that, exactly. We have to be able to let it go. Because it's like, yes, exactly. When, and truthfully, I mean, jumping to an example of Jesus, he was silent when he was falsely accused. I right. mean, we, we can look at it from every angle biblically and yielding and trusting God to vindicate us 
is where we need to be spending more of our energy rather than reacting in rage. Well, and so like even Jesus, like he has one episode where he overturns the tables, but like everybody always wants to talk about that. But in essence, when the Pharisees and the Sadducees who were opposing him came, like he actually didn't fight with them. He didn't engage with them. He just spoke the truth. And you get the sense from the gospels that he did it directly he but and he left when they you know when they would come to attack him he walked away and then you're right the peak of it is at at the cross he doesn't engage them when he could have but he doesn't speak up and it's so counter so you talk about how does a christian so first question is how do we as christians recognize right anger from wrong anger but the more important question is how do we contain our anger Mm -hmm. so that it is spirit filled spirit led and then maybe we can take that energy that, that, that anger gives us towards injustice and work it for good. Yes, and I think, like you said a little while ago, anger in and of itself can remind us of how we are made in the image of God. So that's so important to remember. It's the anger itself is not the issue. It's how we react and do what we do with it. And parenting and raising kids, when your kids <laughs> are constantly raging, it's so easy to look at them and think the problem is with them, but it is so humbling because if you step back long enough, you realize they're learning it from what's around them and meaning the parents usually. Right. And you know, that is, is real humbling. And when we parent as a, you know, for me, I see that a lot in our home, as I am trying to teach my kids how, what to do with their anger, and yet I'm not doing it, it's obviously a disconnect, which is why perhaps we have this license. Why would my kids think they have to be more in control if watching us, me, uh, I'm not often as controlled. And as I said at the start of this podcast, I have been convicted in working on this um, a lot lately because I am not normally a reactive person, but in this day and age, I have seen myself uh, become more prone to that. So this is a very real topic. And, And one last thing here is one of the most ways in which we can align with Christ and be a light to the world is through this topic of not raging. Right. And being a godly. In fact, I think you were with me recently. I was on a phone call with a very angry woman due to right. a situation that my son has landlord. And by the grace of God, I happened to be in a kind <laughs> and controlled mood or spirit filled, however you want to say it. And the situation resolved and turned around. And it was a great reminder of how I could have argued and shouted louder than her and interrupted her more. And I was correct. She was incorrect. But that's not what won the point. And it was the Holy Spirit. And it was right. a reminder to me how we can shine the light of Christ in these moments. And so technically, what is the opposite of anger? If you had to, what is an antonym to anger? Is it, I mean, is it kindness or is it humility? Well, I don't know that I can pick one. It's kindness, humility, and self-control. Right. Right. I mean, so, so I'll read some verses here in Galatians 5 that came to mind in a second, because I do think the, you know, going back to the concept of can you be a mature Christian in Christ and continue to lose your anger, your temper? And I think, I think that as much as we want to try to convince ourselves that it's okay, the answer is simply no, I think, as you mature in Christ. But, but there's plenty. I mean, a great book in the Bible for uh, looking at wisdom about anger would be Proverbs, mm-hmm. probably the most famous proverb. A man who has no control over his temper is like a city that is broken down and without walls. Okay, so my my go-to and probably soft soft answer turns away wrath. Yes. But what's the second part of that verse? But grievous words stir up strife. 
right. What's memorizing it? the King right. James. So. so, so those are all great principles. But really, you go back to like Galatians five, which I think is probably where um, we should focus our attention. So, if you're a you know Jesus following Christ, Christian, you're like, I want to make an impact in in the culture. I think right now there's a spin. Everybody wants to make an impact in the culture, and we think we do it in social media. Like I'm gonna speak up the truth, and I'm gonna you know you know tell people what I believe, and voting, and all these ways that we think we're gonna make a difference. And yet, I really think. Um, I, I do think kindness is sort of the opposite of anger. And so, and so like, let's read Galatians 5 verses. I'm going to start reading in um, 16, and I'll read a few verses through 24. Those are pretty famous verses about the difference between the flesh and the spirit, which is the constant battle in the Christian life. Who's are you going to give? And, and we'll kind of, uh, let me read the verses, and then we can talk about, like, how do you balance flesh versus spirit? What are some practical ways to kill the flesh and let the spirit Take root. So here's the verses. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and this is Galatians 5, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. So he says, if you are led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. Now, the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, and here it is, enmity, strife, Jealousy, which I think drives anger. And then here's, here it is, fits of anger, rage age, fits of anger. This is the fruit of the flesh, right? Fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. So he puts orgies along with anger. It's crazy, right? And now he says, I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. This is a heavy word from the Apostle Paul in the Bible. But the fruit of the Spirit, on the other hand, is love, joy, peace, patience, and here it is, kindness. That's why I think that's the opposite of anger. Goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and then, of course, self-control, which undergirds it all. He says, against such things there is no law, and those who belong to Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. So now, you're in a fit of anger. How do you stop? I mean, it's one thing, like you're, I live alone, there are mornings I wake up and, you know, I'm peaceful. I just draw, I had just had to go deal with a village issue and I'm in the car and I'm driving and the worship music, I've had a calm worship music on and no one's touching me. You know, it's like you've got a water level, no one's tipping me. But that's not reality. Mm-hmm. When anger comes is when you're tipped. So it's, in, you can dream and say, oh, I'm going to start praying and reading the Bible, but that's not, what do you do in the moment of anger? Well, first you have to be rec- recognizing that you are not okay with being that way. So there has to come a point of and realization. And acknowledging that you do are that way. Exactly. That you that's have an exactly anger problem. What, exactly. I think some of us don't think we have an anger problem, but yeah, we do. Yeah, I mean, like I said, a few months ago, my mom said to me, you are very reactive these days. Right. And I, I said, no, I, I heard it, I received it, but it was sobering and disturbing and I took it to heart. And I've, you know, been praying through that. Now, I appreciated that, but that, you have to receive that, right? Yeah. I, you know, I so was first under a lot of, yes, yeah. but I was under a lot of stress, right, which right. was triggering this shortness, which, so first is acknowledging, then you have to say, what's putting that on? What's going right. on? Because you can't, in that moment of rage, if you're, you're too late, if you haven't done all this thought, right. you're gonna be like, "This is my right." Right. 
So and you're not like you get so hot you can't it's like too late you're down that lane it's too like late. it's too late now you're gonna go ask for you forgiveness it. exactly <laughs> now you might as well finish write sure. that thank you that apology letter I am sorry please forgive me because it's too late but we want to catch it before so when my mom told me this I could have said she's wrong and argued further and you know and maybe in that moment I had a few words to say but I took it yeah. to heart the next day I went to the Lord in prayer and asked him to show me. Right. And, and indeed, I knew, and I, as I said, so acknowledging is hard but important as a doctor, you know, diagnosing. The first right? step to repentance, basically, exactly. to change. Is exactly, is recognizing. Then you start to, uh, you know, I, in why. my line of work, yeah. I help people find solutions to their health and wellness problems. And so what's triggering the anger? Yeah. And is it, you know, am I too busy? Is there, you know, what's the real stress? Because oftentimes right. there's something that's, you know, if it's, you're trying to get a refund on a purchase you made, but really you couldn't afford that purchase. Yes. So you're financially stretched or your yep. kid comes up to you and you're so busy because you've way overbooked yourself. Now he is not doing anything wrong. I can relate to that, but he's just interrupting you because you have too much and yep. you react, you rage. Your husband isn't doing things perfectly. So again, you have to start studying when, when is this happening the most? And we know we can all identify. And then for me, super important to remember, we can't control others. Right. So a big step about this and, and ultimately repentance. So the right. whole, and then the Holy Spirit does his part as we repent in bringing the fruit of repentance and changing us. And right. really, this is not, I say this a lot to my kids, it's not a behavior management. Right. Because there are many unsaved people who don't know the Lord that might manage their job. angle. <laughs> yes. Right. So for us as followers of Jesus, we have to be transformed. The Holy Spirit has to change us. But again, it begins with recognizing, yes, I do have a problem with this. Yep. You know, I repent. And... Lord, help me change. And it's a constant process. And avoid. Like one of the things, yeah, I mean, avoid, what you're saying, if you know your triggers, like I cannot have a conversation with customer service reps. I mean, I honestly, I cannot. Like I just, every self, every righteous indignation, like I know justice, like I want to tell them, I'm not even mad at them. I'm mad at the system. And I just want, it's like my, I hold this banner up. And, and so I have decided I can no longer talk to them. Now I beg my family, Diana or Rafi, her husband, like today we had to go deal with a permit in the city. And I know if I had to do it, it's just like, I'm vulnerable. And so I recognize my weakness. Mm -hmm. And so God gives you, and by the way, that's one of the, the benefits of the body of Christ, mm -hmm. which is one of the problems in the United States is that we are not living in the body so that we don't have these people to go to, which is not like I have a sister or brother-in-law, but it takes time to invest in these relationships. So it's taken us years to get to where I can say, hey, can you go help me with this? Because I'm really weak in this area. And that takes humility to do that. And so I try now not to talk with customer service reps, which you can say, well, that's avoiding. Well, until I mature in Christ, I have to avoid, right? Oh, absolutely. That's wise to be able to recognize that. And so, so now let's talk about one last thing here, because this is so practical because it applies to every area of life. So dig beneath. So first recognize, now you dig beneath, you know, look at the root of it, what's behind it. And, and so fear, fear drives anger, you know, and, 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 you know, now, like even reading these verses, sometimes you read scripture and it sounds good, but like, what does it mean when you talk about crucifying, crucify the flesh? He says, I walk in spirit, it will not gratify the flesh. Then he says, but if um, he says it, uh, and those who belong to Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Is that a one-time event or is that something we need to do daily? Well, we have to die to our flesh daily. Yep. How do we do that? Well, we have to repent, recognize our sin, repent of our sin. 
I think we're so good in the Christian world of saying, well, you lose it by the flesh. And everyone, like, I walk away from these and go, well, what does that actually mean? And I think it's just, it's like yielding, which is like this, you're right above mine. Exactly. Which takes humility and, st- you and go, here's you the S word. yourself under. Submission. Yeah, under. You're okay letting it go, you know, being the one who's wrong. It's submission. Wronged. Right. It's okay to be wrong. It's okay. Like your rights might be stepped yes. on. Yes. We have no rights as Christians, uh-huh. you see. That's the point. And if we believe that and that God is our... Uh, defender, the judge, a de- defender yeah. then we wouldn't be angry because ultimately he's gonna you Work know out his perfect we, will. we might feel a little anger but we don't act on it and so when you say how do you die to crucify the flesh i mean i don't remember if right. we used to say that but you before me right. right so it's putting the other person first and not making so much out of an issue and again i have found when i've seen this with other people the lack of rage so the, yeah. the positive Christ is glorified. It is so the amazing. aroma of Christ. And right. and especially for those of us like Lena jokes that she's sort short fused, but you know, I've watched God change that in her, not perfectly, but increasingly. Yeah. And same with me. And you know, that's the power of God at work in believers, and that's how the world will see us change. And so and, and some of that change has happened. I mean, it, again, admittedly, like like one of the topics we're gonna talk about is margin, but like I God has created margin for me by taking some things off my schedule, even initially I resented some of the, you know, like as an example, I'm not speaking as much as I used to. I resented that at first, but I see it now as a gift because I needed margin. And I think more, if you have breathing space, you're not as angry. You don't get short because you're not in a rush. And I think so many of us in the U.S. are so rushed. And now on a positive side, just to end on a positive note, that the righteous anger that God has given us because we're made in the image of God can be fuel for change. But again, harnessed. I think you can harness the energy of anger and actually get things done. I mean, you think about even like William Wilberforce who was angry about slavery, but what did he do? He changed the way that we live now, right? There's so many examples that we can think about of people who saw a systematic problem and said, I'm gonna go after it. And you, you take this anger and you put it into energy of, of, of raising awareness or of investing your life into a calling. So one important thing, even in recognizing your calling is what makes you angry? Like, you know, what upsets you? If, you know, I've, mm-hmm. I've had friends, like, like I remember when Christine Kane told me how she started 821, and like, you've got, you know, she saw this sign of women who, they're like, for, look for this girl, because they were like sex trafficked, and she got angry about it. And next thing you know, she developed 821. We had the same sort of thing, story with the Syrian refugees. I mean, I mean there's some great things that can be birthed out of righteous anger, mm-hmm. and, and, and living out this image of God in us, which is, you see something wrong, now don't go after with a hammer the person who's in your way, but think through what are some God-glorifying ways that you can live the kingdom of God out and use that anger as fuel to get the energy you need to make the change. Yeah. This is important work. Oh, for sure. I just think, again, as Christians, it's what we do with our anger that's going to be a big light to the world and in seeing Christ, right? He he was a great example of that. Um, you said that verse, be angry and do not sin. Uh, let not the sun go down upon your wrath. And, you know, I noticed we were getting sloppy about this with our youngest son. And I, mm. I think super important to uh, deal with issues of anger before one goes to sleep on a different note. Sometimes yeah. we get so familiar with passages that we get a little sloppy with them. And I recently had to rethink that and really um, ironing out anger issues each day before the sun goes down is God-honoring and biblical. Yeah. 
Well, it, a great way to end here. We're wrapping up here this rage age. And if you have any comments or questions about it, by the way, send us your comments at dearlina at livingwithpower.org. Uh, but a great way to, to know, do you have an anger problem, is ask your three closest people in your life. Pick your, if you're married, ask your spouse, ask your parent, and ask your child. If you're not, if you're single like me, get your sister, get your friend or your assistant. Okay? And I mean, the three closest people in your life. Look, I don't have to tell you who, but you will know quickly if you have an anger problem. And if you do, there's hope for you because we're all given the gift of repentance. So today could be the day that God will call you to repent in this and then ask God to show you areas that are rightly angry, anger producing. And now perhaps you can ask God, God, is there anything here that you want to do in terms of my life and calling? So uh, I think this is hugely important as we seek to live out the light of Christ in a dark world becoming darker too, and how much uh, difference we would make and how, uh, how much of an impact we would have in our culture if we could just learn to be kind. Any last words? No, I love it. I just think this is so relevant. And I mean, I had to rage at Lena growing up when she wouldn't let me share a room with her. But besides that, I've moved up we, with that. And we are we now soul sisters. So that ends yeah. our episode for today, guys. We loved having you. Hey, don't forget, Thursday nights is Bible study night. I teach live on Facebook. If you want more information about it, go to livingwithpower.org slash community. By the way, our website is filled with free resources and amazing information for you. You can find out about work, the work we're doing in the Middle East and in the Ukraine. We thank you for partnering with us with this work, and we will see you again next Thursday. Until then, trust God and let go of your anger. Take care. Bye, guys.